0: Turn in your Bibles with me this morning to the book of Proverbs. Today we're going to look at a a passage of Scripture that is uh, not preached enough, I think, in God's uh, churches. I feel like it's it's something that uh, we need to hear and we need to understand. And so let's join together for prayer as we ask God to bless us as we study His Word. Lord, we praise You. We thank You for Your Holy Word, and we thank You, Lord, that You give us insight and understanding in all that we do. Lord, uh, we pray that that You might uh, be glorified, that You might be lifted up, that our hearts might be attuned to Your Spirit as You speak to us through Your Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen in the book of proverbs we come to uh, this passage of scripture and i want to share with you first of all uh, some of the things that is mentioned in the first couple of verses that uh, really our our focus is going to be on uh, verses 8 through 33 uh, but it's important that you understand uh, some of the understand some of the things that are told in the first part of the chapter chapter 1 I'm sorry I thought I told you chapter 1 well I saw it in my Bible I knew where I was why didn't you know where you were chapter 1 we're beginning in Proverbs so that would be chapter 1 but obviously I didn't say it because more than one of you asked if it was just one of you I'd have thought you just weren't listening but you're listening I just... You're supposed to know that. It's just supposed to come out of my mind and into your mind. Okay. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1 at the beginning at verse 1 says, These Proverbs are by Solomon, the uh, son of David, king of Israel, uh, to know wisdom and instruction, to uh, perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity, and to give uh, subtly... In the simple, and to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear, and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain into wise counsel, and to understand a proverb, and the interpretation, the words of the wise that are dark sayings. So, these are the uh, these proverbs are by Solomon. It's not necessarily. That Solomon is writing them down at this time, but these are proverbs that he uh, most likely mentioned, said, or wrote in a different context, and they're all brought together here for us to understand this. And what we're being told is, is that if you look, if you want to have understanding, if you want to be someone who gets it, who's with it, who understands what's going on in life, then you'll be. And it says and a wise person will take this and and gain understanding, gain wisdom, gain uh, uh, teaching, and it'll help you in your life to have wisdom, to perceive what's going on, to have justice and judgment in your life and equ- equity. It says, and, and these are really... Designed for a young persons, so young people take note and take uh, listen up here. Uh, the greatest thing that I did when I was young was I put aside all of the thoughts of my dad as as being older and not understanding a lot of things and and the best thing I ever did was as a young person begin to to listen to my father and understand that he'd been through some things that he had experienced a lot of life that I hadn't experienced and how even though life was different at my time growing up as it is different for you today as you're growing up you'll gain a lot of wisdom by just simply listening to the words of someone who's been through it before you and that doesn't stop when you stop being a young person when you become older you instinctively know that it's important to listen to other people and you need to listen to the words of those who are wise and counsel and so these are the words of solomon now who's solomon solomon of course is a one of the most influential and, and wisest of all the kings of Israel. He is the son of David. David being the, the second king. Solomon was the third king of Israel. Uh, first you had Saul. And Saul was king throughout his lifetime. And Saul was was someone who was just the image and the and the picture of being a king. He was head and shoulders taller than everybody else. But his life was... Kind of a mess. He uh, Saul didn't want the responsibility. Saul kind of ran from responsibility. He was constantly pushing someone to the forefront, other than himself. Like when David, uh, when the Israel, Israel's army was being confronted by the Philistines, instead of Saul leading his army out against Goliath and and who was the Philistines' champion, the general, uh, they. Instead of leading his army out against the Philistines and taking them on, realizing that God's giving them uh, power and might over their enemies... Saul is in his tent, brooding, wondering what he's going to do. He's wondering who's going to take up the man. Uh, he was uh, Goliath gave a challenge and said, "Hey, if any, you just pick your champion out and let the two of us come out here together. We'll fight. Whoever wins will be the champion. Whoever loses will be the slave of the other uh, nation." And Saul's in his tent, brooding. He's wondering, "What am I going to do? Who's going to come forward?" What instead of Saul saying, "Hey, I'll lead." The people of God. I'll go out there and be the champion. I'll go out there and fight Goliath. Saul is sulking and he's wondering what's going to happen. David, whom uh, God had already ordained as the next king of, of Israel, is going to check up on his brothers, and he hears all of this. And David hears this, and he doesn't hear this as a challenge to himself. He doesn't hear this as a challenge to the people of Israel. He doesn't hear this as a challenge to the army of Israel. He hears this as a challenge to God, a challenge of God's authority, a challenge of God's power and might. And he says, who's this dog that's here uh, spewing all these insults against God? And so he rushes out there. Uh, He takes up the initiative. He says, I'll go and fight him. God gave me power over the lions. God gave me power over uh, bears. When I was guarding my father's sheep, I'll be able to go out and defeat him because I'm not going in myself. I'm going in the power of God. And so... David was the greatest king of Israel. He expanded their, uh, the territory of Israel from a mere 6,000 uh, uh, square miles to 60,000 square miles. He defeated all uh, a lot of the enemies of Israel that were left in place when Israel took over uh, the, the land of, the, uh, of Palestine uh, when they came from Egypt. And so uh, God allowed the, the legend of David to extend. Well, David, when he came to the end of his life, he had uh, sons that were vying for the position of the, being the next king. And David gave that uh, position to his youngest born son, Solomon. Now, usually you would think that would go to the firstborn and that's what the firstborn son of David thought that was going to happen, but david said no solomon is going to be and solomon is given that honor of being the king and solomon's still a young man when and david names him king and, and david comes to the end of the life turn back in your bibles to first kings chapter three for just a minute and i want you this is helping you to understand the significance of the uh, proverbs and Verse 5, it says, uh, chapter 3, 1 Kings 3, verse 5, it says, In Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. Isn't that an amazing thing? Just think about it. You're sitting there asleep in your bed at night. You might not be tapped as the next king of the country. You might be thinking of yourself as just an ordinary person. But then you have God, who is the God of the universe, the creator of all that is, come to you in the midst of the night and say, Hey, whatever you want, you ask me, I'll give it to you. Anything. Well, Solomon could have asked for uh, the ability to defeat all of his enemies. He could have uh, asked for all the money in the world. He could have asked for uh, a a kingdom that, that extended over all the earth. He could have asked for God to make him to live a long, long life. He could have asked for God to do a lot of different things. But read with me what Solomon Asked of God. And Solomon said, verse 6, Thou hast shown thy servant David my father great mercy, and according to as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with with thee. And thou hast kept for him uh, this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to fit, uh, to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father and I am but a little child I know not how to go out or come in and so Solomon is saying look Lord you have done such wonderful things not and he doesn't start with himself you know so much of our life is focused on me my what am I going to do what what's what's in it for me uh you know everything in our society is built on that uh, Burger King, uh, have it your way. Uh, and and it's all about you, you ladies who used to... And who remembers Calgon? You remember Calgon? It was supposed to be... It was the original bath salts, wasn't it? You put it in your bath and it was supposed to make everything so nice. And uh, Calgon, take me away, right? And, and it was all about... Making me feel good, making me feel great. And, and you know, everything is about us. And, and so much of our society is about me, my mood, Give me, 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 give me, give me, give me. But Solomon is already wise. He's, he doesn't talk about himself, he talks about how great God is, how wonderful God is. And let me tell you something. Whenever you encounter God, that's exactly what will happen to you. Automatically, you'll be focused on the greatness of God, not on your greatness, not on what you've done, not on the things that you've accomplished or anything like that. Anytime you come into the presence of God, it automatically draws you to His greatness, His awesome power. And and Solomon says, Look, God, you're so marvelous and wonderful. You made David who was a nobody into the king and you expanded the kingdom under him and you allowed him to have a son, me, and you allowed uh, me, who's nothing but a dog, to to become king. He says, I don't know anything. You want to be wise? The first thing you need to understand is you don't have it all. You don't know it all. You are not the smartest one In the drawer, you need to learn. If you're going to learn anything in life, you need to be willing to be taught by understanding you don't know it all. And Solomon says, look, I'm nobody. I don't know anything. And I've been placed in the position of authority. Solomon could have said, look, I'm I'm the best one there is. They made me king. Look at me. He says, no, I know why I'm king. You made me king. He says, but I'm a nobody. I don't know anything, and so he says he says in verse eight, and thy servant is in the uh, midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude look he's still not even talking about himself he says look Lord not only have you chosen me I'm nobody but you've put me in charge of this great vast people that are your chosen people that you've blessed uh, to be of great number he says in verse 9 finally he gets around to himself he says give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? So Solomon says, look, Lord, I don't know what in the world I'm doing. I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this, but I do know that I need to have wisdom. And he says, give me wisdom. And verse 10 says, in this speech, please the Lord. And Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, because thou hast asked this thing and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither has thy asked for riches for thyself, for thou hast asked uh, the life of thy or, or thou la- for the life of thine enemies, but has asked for thy self understanding, discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise uh, as, and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee thou which thou hast not asked for both riches and honor so that thou shalt not be uh, any among the kings like unto thee as uh, for all thy days. So what we see is that Solomon is granted wisdom by God. And this is the beginning of what happened here. And throughout the rest of Solomon's life People came in droves from all over the world to see the great wisdom of Solomon, to see how that wisdom translated to his ruling of Israel, to see uh, to listen to him speak and to hear him talk, and. So this was the wisest man ever to live. Uh, God said, I'm going to make you wiser than any man has ever lived before you and wiser than any man that will ever come after you. He says, I'm giving you all of this wisdom uh, because you've asked for that and not for great riches or anything else. I'm going to give this to you. And he says, I'm also going to give you riches, wealth. I'm going to give you uh, uh, great possessions and you're going to be a great and mighty king because of all of that so god has given all this wisdom to solomon and solomon's uh, words are written down so that we can understand that wisdom that's what proverbs is that's what is here in proverbs are the is the great wisdom that solomon uh proclaimed and uh later on in proverbs we'll learn that These are just a small fraction of the things that Solomon wrote, a small fraction of the things that Solomon talked about. Solomon gave such great wisdom. And so uh, these are the things that Solomon said. And so one of the first things that that Solomon wanted us to understand about our relationship with God is found in verse 7. And all of you probably know this verse It says, "...the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge." But fools despise wisdom and instruction. So what you need to understand is, is that uh, the fear of the Lord, having a, a, an understanding of who God is now, fear here does not mean like fear like the monster in, under your bed at night when you go to sleep. That's not fear. the fear that is mentioned here. It's not what... It, or fear like if you're standing in the lion's den where daniel stood fear of that lion that that lion's going to eat you is not the fear that is mentioned here it's a reverence for god a a worship of god an understanding of who god is is the beginning of knowledge and so that's what solomon here is referencing when he says fear the fear of the lord is the beginning of all Knowledge and the beginning of wisdom. And if you're a wise person, you'll take that knowledge from God and you'll apply it to your life. Now, here's where I want you to, to focus on to this morning. Verse 8, and it says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be as an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. He says, "If," and these are kind of, it's almost as if Solomon is giving instruction to his son about life and how he should live. And he says, First thing you need to understand is, is, to, is to take the wisdom of God. You need to uh, hear the message of God, hear the, your instruction. And it's going to be uh, like jewelry on, you know, when you get ready to go out on, on, the, uh, on the night. You get all fancy and all kinds of nice clothes. You don't put on your old grubby clothes you, you mow the grass in. You get all cleaned up, perfumed up, and you put on your best clothes. You ladies, you put on earrings and necklaces and jewelry and everything to make you 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 know, make you look all pretty and everything, and we appreciate that. And he said, uh, you need to hear that instruction because it's gonna be like that ornamentation that you put on your body. It will make you look uh, beautiful and you need to hear this instruction. Verse 10 says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. And if they say, Come with us, let us lay wait for uh, blood, let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause, and let us swallow them up alive as the grave, the whole also as they go down into the pit. It says, verse 13, For we shall find a precious substance, and we shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us, and let us uh, all have one purse. He says in verse 15, My son, walk, thou, uh, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy fruit from their path. First thing he says you need to understand is, son, after you need to have a healthy understanding of instruction and want to make it a part of your life, he says, don't allow yourself to be lured away by the enticements of this world. And I think if we could learn that first in our life... <clears throat> That there are things in this world, they're going to try and distract us. They're going to try and take our mind off of what's going on. Like this morning when we came to church, and there was uh, some of the, some of the side of the church building hang off because of the the winds from the storm. I knew right away everybody's going to be looking at that shadow over here. Throughout everything that I've been saying, you're going to have a hard time being aware of what I'm even talking about because you're you're focused on. I'm, is that going to fall? Uh, uh, what is that? What, what What's going on over there? All of that is a distraction and it's keeping you from listening to what I'm saying. And uh, Solomon says, the things of this world are a distraction uh, for you in hearing what God has for you in your life. You need to turn away from those distractions. All the enticements, he says, you need to stay away from people that want you to get involved in all kinds of things. He uses the illustration of of those who want to say, hey, come on, let's go and we'll rob somebody and, and take what they have and all that. He uses that as a metaphor for all the distractions of the world. He says, in essence, all the things of this world are like getting into that kind of trouble, of falling in with those who want to take from other people, steal and all that. Now, he could have used any distraction there is around. He could have talked about, Substance abuse, he could have talked about uh, all kinds of other distractions, but he chose this one as a way of helping you to understand how bad that is and what it does to you. He says it in, it, it's like a lure, it's an enticement. It's like uh, uh, being uh, lured in. Uh, one thing I learned when we moved down to Georgia... Years ago, about 10 years ago, is everybody around here loves to go fishing. Everybody, look, I don't necessarily like sitting out beside of a a pond or a a lake or a river that's got a bunch of mosquitoes and, and a bunch of gnats and everything waiting for something to happen. But I sure do love it when y'all come home with that big catch of fish and you've you've scaled it and you've cleaned it and you say, here, preacher, I want you to have some uh, nice fillets of fish. I love that because I can take that fish and I can cook it up and we can enjoy that a lot. But sitting beside the pond and waiting and waiting for hours and swatting flies and gnats and all that, I'm not too big of a fan of that. But, uh, hey, I enjoy it when y'all get done and you bring me to fish. Um, but Solomon says, look, these what they're asking you to do and get involved in all that is just like that. That... Uh, a wiggler or the cricket or whatever you put on that hook it's an enticement for the fish isn't it you put that on there or you put on a, a man made lure uh, and that has all these shiny things that, that flutter in the water And it's to entice that fish to come over and say not only look at me it says hey won't you take a bite right. and what happens when they take a bite you reel them in don't you They get caught, they get snagged, and they get hooked. And Solomon says, these things that the world is trying to to offer you, they are a hook. They are going to snag you, they're going to drag you away, they're going to get you in trouble, and they're going to pull you away to places you don't want to be. And you're going to go through things you don't want to go through. He says, stay away from those things. He says, instead, you need to understand that you need to to follow after wisdom. Now, he introduces wisdom in verse 20. He says, Wisdom cries out, and she utters her voice in, in the streets. She cries in the chief places of concourse, in the openings of the gates in the city. She cries out her words, saying, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and the fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my Spirit unto you, and I will make uh, you known my words unto you because i have called and you refuse i have stretched out my hand and no man regarded but you've said not all my counsel and would none of my reproof so what solomon is saying here is is that god wants to look solomon was given a great gift of god He was asleep in his bed. We read about this in 1 Kings, remember? We read that Solomon was just laying there and God came to him and said, Solomon, what do you want? And so he he was able to ask of God for wisdom and God said, hey, I'm going to give you wisdom because you want wisdom so badly and because you need wisdom to lead my people. But Solomon here is saying, look, you don't have to have God come to you in the middle of the night and wake you up and say, hey, what do you want? And you run the risk of not getting wisdom. He says, God's out there and He's waving His hand. He's, he's got His hanky out there like Vestal Goodman just waving it out there and saying, hey, listen to me, I want to give you wisdom and here's wisdom if you'll just come and take it. Here, take my wisdom, won't you take it? Uh, Please take this wisdom. I want to give you wisdom. Here, here, and he's saying, he's personifying wisdom and saying, wisdom's out there and God wants to give you this wisdom and God wants to bless you with wisdom. God wants to grant you this wisdom. All you have to do is take... God's hand and allow him to give you wisdom. He said, but nobody's taking wisdom. Nobody wants wisdom. It's like everybody wants to be a simpleton. Everybody wants to be Forrest Gump and live a life of being just a simpleton and not having a lot of wisdom. And what was the saying that Forrest Gump said? Let me, before you say it, I bet you all know it, and you didn't have to learn, uh, memorize it or anything. You didn't have to sit down and and say, "Okay," he said. What now? But why is it that we ha- uh, that we can just get it, get simple stuff like that, and it become a part of our life years later? But when we try and memorize scripture, it's such a hard chore. I don't understand that. But all of you remember what Forrest Gump said, don't you? He says, "Simple is uh, stupid. Is as stupid does right." he's talking about being a simpleton, a uh, simple-minded person. But you need to understand, God wants to give you wisdom. You don't have to be stupid or or a simpleton. Stupid's a bad word in my house. We don't say stupid. A simple mind, somebody who has a hard time, doesn't have to be your plight. God wants to give you wisdom. You just simply have to accept it. And that's what Solomon is trying to help you to understand by saying that wisdom's out there and saying, Yoo-hoo! Hey, I'm here! Take this wisdom. Verse 26, I also will laugh at your calamity, and I will mock when you... Fear, uh, your fear comes when your fear comes at desolation, and your destruction cometh in the whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. Look, Solomon is saying, look, don't wait till the last minute. Everybody, look what happens if you're. Went to Thomasville to eat at Rock Bottom and you're coming home and all of a sudden a big storm comes up and there's water on the road and you're driving at 70 miles an hour and you're coming along and all of a sudden you start the hydroplane. Everybody wants to cry, oh Jesus, take the wheel, right? Oh, help me. He's saying... Look, you need to understand before you ever get to that place where you're crying out for God, you need to be crying out for God before then. You need to cry out for God's wisdom, God's understanding because it's too late to cry out for God when you're hydroplating across the, uh, the interstate and you're about to crash into the guardrail or the uh, oncoming car. He says, you ought to be crying out for God before then. Amen. Not just wisdom. But remember, verse 8 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What he's really talking about, not just wisdom in all of this, he's talking about a relationship with God. That's the beginning of wisdom, he says. It's relationship with God. Having an understanding of God. Now, remember Solomon's talking about... uh, a couple of thousand years before Jesus comes along. So he doesn't understand when I I say something about the cross, about Jesus Christ dying on the cross for your sins and being your Savior, he doesn't understand that because he lived way before that ever happened. But he does understand about trusting in God, about reliance upon God. The Bible tells us in Hebrews uh, when it talks about the hall of fame of faith, In Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about how God granted salvation to Abraham because of that accepting the fact that God was going to bring salvation in Jesus Christ later. And that's what what Solomon's doing here now is he's expressing his... Dependence upon God for bringing that salvation later, and it's granted as the salvation. But you and I, we know what it means to give our heart and life to God. We know what it means to trust in God. It's more than just simply saying, "I well, I depend upon God to give me salve, uh, to take care of me, and deliver me, and save me." We know that salvation comes in Jesus Christ. So you want to be wise, and you want to have. A great life you want to have a good life don't wait to the very end don't wait until that time in which uh, your calamity comes because he says look when that happens you're going to cry out to me he's talking about wisdom call it saying me but I will not answer they'll seek me but they will not find me for they hated knowledge did not choose to fear the Lord They would none of my counsel. They despise my reproof. Therefore they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of the fools shall destroy them. But whosoever hearketh unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil." Remember now, Solomon has been talking about wisdom, but really he's talking about a dependence upon God, of trusting in God for that wisdom. And that wisdom really translates to today for an understanding of salvation. He says, if you wait to the very end, it's a mockery to God. We need to trust in God early. Trust in God and rely upon Him. Give our heart and life to Him. You want to have wisdom in your life? Solomon says, begins with the fear of the Lord. It begins with a relationship with God. And that's what we're going to talk about all this week during Vacation Bible School. That's what we talk about all the time when we come into this place of worship. Everything that we do, points back to the cross of, of Jesus, points to a saving grace and understanding of, of His salvation for your life. You want to have wisdom in your life, it begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ, having given your heart and life to Jesus and then allowing Him to speak into your heart and life, allowing Him to, to instruct you, to teach you, to direct you in your way. You want to have wisdom and you want to have a life free of the worry of all the things that are going on. You might be worried about taxes. You might be worried about bills. You might be worried about income, about having food for the table and all that. He says all of that begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ, having a relationship with Him, and then He'll care for all of those things. So that begins with you today. Solomon, even though he was talking about wisdom, really his... His whole point points back to verse eight. It begins with a relationship with God, because then he, he will flood your life with wisdom, He'll give you an opportunity to, to have all this wisdom. And what is wisdom, but ability to take care of the things of your life. That's what God wants to give you, is His assurance to carry you through your life. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we pray that if there's one here today that doesn't know You as Lord and Savior, Lord, that they would begin their journey of their life by accepting You as their Lord and Savior. Lord, we pray that You'd help them to understand... that all of life wants to distract them, to pull them away from You, cause them to not have a relationship with You. But Lord, we pray that You would help them to understand that You pursue us. Your desire is to give us all the security, all the assurances that comes with trusting in You. Lord, we pray that You'd help us to follow You. Allow Your wisdom to flood into our life, beginning with salvation and all throughout the rest of our life. Lord, we pray Your blessings upon these who are here today to hear Your Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.